service this morning. Listen to uh, the beginning of Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. What a powerful but yet simple message that all of God's creation is to praise him. And then a reading from the New Testament taken from the end of Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. Would you stand with me as I pray us into worship? Father God, we thank you for the scriptures that you have given us this morning. Thank you, God, for that important reminder that all of your creation is called to worship you. Father God, we enjoy our time together but we know that in this lifetime, we will never be able to truly plumb the depths of the riches of your glory and your majesty. The knowledge and wisdom of you is too much for us to fathom, yet, Father God, we seek after you. We do so now in a time of worship through song. God, we pray that you will be blessed, that you will be honored that you will be glorified. God, we stand here together along with brothers and sisters around the world, standing together in their places of worship, worshiping you now in spirit and in truth. God, thank you for this great privilege. So we honor you now. Surrender ourselves to you in worship. May you be glorified and blessed. And we pray for your glory we pray through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, let's worship him together.
Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to worship in that powerful name, right? We'll say good morning to somebody in that name, that name of Jesus. Let's make our way back to our seats. And uh, please remember, we have uh, coffee fellowship before the service. That's good. I just talked to myself. You know, it's all good. I can hear my, that's good. <laughs> uh, I'm really thankful every time we get together for the wonderful fellowship and how we enjoy being together because we get together to worship. So, uh, man, I just, uh, part of me, you know, as we were singing that last song, what a wonderful name, I just wanted to keep worshiping you know, and just continue to sing wonderful songs. Love it, love it. And so it's good to uh, to worship throughout the week, and we can do that, you know, in our cars, in our homes, but something really special uh, to uh, to do that together, right? To hear other voices around us and to praise God together. So again, thanks for joining us here at Trinity. Uh, as uh, I like to remind us often that we have Three core values, learn, grow, and serve, because that's how we pursue being disciples. We learn the truth, and then we grow in our faith, and then we serve. We serve each other. In just a moment, you'll hear a, a brief testimony about the service opportunity that we had yesterday. Um, but I uh, just want to give a, a couple of quick reminders before we do that. Um, last week, I think it was last week, that we, um, we had everybody return their baby bottles. Remember, we uh, gathered those, and those of you that signed up to take those, Took them on Mother's Day, returned them on Father's Day, full of all kinds of money and everything to help support the um, uh, the uh, ministry down in Thomas River. And so 
Um, there are some that are still outstanding, and so we'd ask that, that you would please return them. I assume that, uh, thank you, okay, we have one confession right here. That's good. <laughs> good. That's great. You know, there you go, see? So I think the policy is if you return it late, you just got to stuff more money in it. And so we assume that's why you didn't, because you had to put more money in. So we just ask that um, there's a few still uh, remaining, so please um, bring those back in. We really appreciate that. Uh, also, you, you probably saw uh, Brother Ken uh, this morning, as he did last week, handing out surveys to the men as we uh, begin to uh, put together a, a ministry to men here at uh, Trinity, and uh, we're in the planning stages now, and so we've had a survey that we're trying to give out to every uh, man in our, um, our fellowship here to kind of ask some important questions about what you're looking for in a men's ministry, and uh, we talk about some specifics as well, as well, like what kind of events or what kind of uh, gatherings you'd be interested in and your, your time availability and all that, and so um, anyway, so that's important, so make sure if you took one of those that you return that to Ken, you can even just scan an email to him, make it easier as well. But uh, if you didn't get one uh, last week or this morning before service, please see Ken. He will track you down and make sure that you get one, guys. So uh, this is uh, an important part of our life together here at Trinity as we learn and grow that, uh, that uh, the men would gather together uh, as, um, as we want to give attention to that. So. Men, please help us with that. Appreciate it. Now, I would ask, actually like to ask Sally Miller to come up and just uh, briefly share a word or two of testimony about uh, our time of service yesterday. So we do that. There you go. It's on for you. Morning. A bunch of us went to the Jersey Shore Rescue Mission, and we got a chance uh, to serve our um, the staff there and the residents, some of the residents that live there, uh, lunch. And it was a great time. Um, some of us served and some of us sat at the table and talked with the guys uh, while they ate. And um, it's just such a blessing. And they are doing such a wonderful work there. And they're such a beacon of hope for people that come in off of the street that need help with addictions and um, a listening ear, you know, so sometimes you don't have to do anything except listen to people. And um, that just means so much. But um, we had a great time. And another plus is you get to serve alongside each other. And, and it's just fun fellowship. And um, so I encourage you to go on at least one of the mission outreaches because Sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zones. And, you know, you go with a little bit of fear, but you go away with such a blessing and so glad that you went. Um, and God's working, and it's a, a blessing to hear how God is working in these guys' lives and bringing them out of a lot of bad, hard stuff. And they're walking with him now. Um, but um, I encourage you to go on a missions outreach. Sally, much appreciated. Um, yes, I uh, echo those those words of encouragement and challenge as uh, uh, we uh, have our missions team planning at least one opportunity a month to do that. So please continue to look for that and uh, be praying for our missions program here. Uh, really important. So again, thank you for highlighting that. Um, 
Just a couple of other quick announcements, and then we'll open God's Word together and continue in our study of Matthew. Our Wednesday evening service uh, is taking a break for the summer, and uh, that's our service that we hold at the Allenwood Church down the road, and it's a combined uh, service with uh, our church, with Allenwood Church, and um, with Shiloh Baptist Church, and it's a, a tremendous blessing. I encourage all of you, when we come back after the summer break in the first week of September, consider coming out to visit. Even if you can't make every Wednesday, just uh, come out. You will be blessed. We record our podcast, and then we have an interactive time of discussion, and then we end with a dynamic time of spirit-led and spirit-filled prayer between these three local churches. And so it's a, a wonderful opportunity. And so just want to encourage you with that, but let you know that we are on a summer break for that Wednesday evening service. And then finally, uh, some, some news, and some of you might have heard of this. And so I was talking about the ministry to men that we're starting up. And of course, we've had a, a women's ministry for a long time now. And so we appreciate that. And so we have some fall retreats that are planned. The details and the cost and the locations are all to follow. But we wanted to give you a save the date. And uh, so this will be up on our website as well this week. But uh, if you want to put that in your phones now or just take a picture of that or whatever, and you'll at least be reminded, say, hey, I'd be, I'd be looking for those dates. But the women's retreat is Friday and Saturday, October 6th and 7th. And then the men's retreat is the following weekend, the Friday through Sunday. And uh, we will be doing that actually at Harvey Cedars, the men's retreat. And so uh, we're looking forward to that again in the planning stages. But these are the dates that are locked in. And so uh, please be looking for more details uh, about all that, but uh, consider setting aside that time to, uh, to attend the retreat, to get to know each other better, to worship God. Of course, there'll be a theme for each as we dive into God's Word and enjoy some great, great fellowship. And it's always good to just plan some, some time away, uh, sort of out of your normal routine to get together with, um, with like-minded believers and uh, to just be encouraged and hopefully also challenged. So you'll be hearing a lot more about that, but we wanted to get that save the date out notice as soon as possible for those fall retreats coming up. So, you know, we do a lot of planning and uh, it's important to do that. And today is a really important day. I don't know if you realize, but there are 183 days left until Christmas. Did you know that? And I mean, I figured you woke up today and you were just like, yes, what an important day, 183 days, because you're all like starting your lists of what you want. And, you know, some of you crazy people have already bought presents for this Christmas. But, you know, it's, it's important because we look ahead, right? We do that now more than ever. We look at our calendars and we're just talking about our retreats coming up the fall for the men and the women. And yes, we, we're looking into October, November, and I'm, you know, already planning for our Christmas services and our Christmas Eve candlelight service and what that's going to look like. And you have to plan ahead, you know, and our calendars fill up quickly, don't they? They really do. And uh, in some ways, it's kind of like you're a little resistant to it because we're planning retreats in October and what is Thanksgiving going to look like here at Trinity and our uh, Christmas Eve service and all that. And you feel like you're skipping everything, all the great stuff that God is going to do in and through us here at Trinity between now and then. But it's important to get some dates on the calendar or else we uh, lose those, those opportunities. And it's important, right? It's just a part of everyday life. It's a part of uh, planning church events. It's a part of us just planning gatherings and uh, 
um, vacations, you know, and things that we need to do and work the trips and all that. And so um, it's, uh, it's an important part of life. It's a reality. But we look ahead, we plan. And today, as we open the scriptures together, we're going to see that there were a group of wise men who had been planning for a long time to make a very special trip. And so this morning, it's a little bit of Christmas here in June, Trinity. As we are going through the Gospel of Matthew, we find ourselves in chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And now this is a passage of Scripture that is most often looked at and preached about and focused on during the Christmas season, because this is that portion of Scripture that talks about the Magi, the wise men who came from the East, and it talks about King Herod and his troublesome mind about the arrival of a potential rival king, and we learn about the star that led the wise men And we talk often about the gifts that they brought to the child Messiah, Jesus. So we're going to look at all of that this morning. But what I want us to focus on is this. There's an old saying in Christian circles that wise men still seek him. As the Magi, from our true story today, often also called wise men or kings, they were seeking the king of the Jews. They were seeking the one who would be Messiah. And we talk about planning and planning into the future. This was something that they had been planning for centuries. Their ancestors, the Magi before them, had been planning for hundreds and hundreds of years because they knew the signs and they were looking for the coming Messiah. Maybe you're here today and you're still searching for the king. You're still searching for the Messiah that we just spent some time singing about and worshiping. The Magi came for many reasons, but most importantly, we'll see, they came to worship. Did you come here this morning to worship God? I I hope you did, because as we look at this passage together It is an act of worship to read his word together, to study it, to understand its implications and applications for each of us. And so I want to read this to you now. It'll be up on the screen. Um, I always encourage you to open your own Bibles. If you don't have it with you, use the, the Bible app on your phone or the Bibles that are provided there in front of you. Here is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and then we'll just go through it a few sections to highlight some really important things that we need to glean from this passage of Scripture. It is packed with so much. We could do a whole series on just this um, amazing account of the uh, arrival of the Magi to visit the child king. But notice as I read this, notice that the Magi came worship. Keep that in mind. Here's what it says. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, 
In the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said to him, meaning Herod, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That's a quote from the Old Testament. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time that the star appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me, so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. After coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and they worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. Familiar story, right? There's a lot that's packed in there. But first I want to start with these three verses as we look together at this well-known account of the Magi and their gifts of Herod, the king at the time, of the star, most importantly of Jesus. A little bit of Christmas here at Trinity this morning. So in these first three verses... It talks about Herod the king, and it talks about Magi from the east. But first it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, that was to fulfill the prophecy, and we read that in verse 6 later on. But it says it was in the days of Herod the king. That was a very common expression that they would mark uh, eras and times by who was leading, who was in charge at that time. It was a, a sign of respect, but it was very common the way that they would mark the passing of time by who was in charge. So it says the days of Herod, but notice he is called a king. So a little bit about Herod. Herod, who was called the king, he called himself Herod the Great. Pretty humble guy, right? That was his self-proclaimed title. See, he was set up there by the Romans. If you remember, of course, at the time of Jesus' life, his life on earth and his ministry, who was uh, in control, who had all the power and authority over that part of the world was the Romans. See, back then you had, and for about a century before that, 
you had the great big empire of the Romans uh, in the west. And then to the east of Israel, you had a different empire. You had who was the, the Persians, right? And you had this great empire, this other great empire, and right in the middle, little old Israel, sort of this in-between land. And for about a hundred years before the birth of Christ, there was three great battles, three great wars between these two empires. But at this time, who occupied the land of Israel, the land that God had given to his people, the Hebrews, was the Romans, right? We're familiar with that because it's the, what was happening during the time of Jesus' life. And see, so the Romans set Herod up as the king, and he was actually called the king of the Jews. Interesting. He wasn't a Jew, but he was set up as king of the Jews, and he reported back to the Romans. Now, he was given a lot of free reign. That was kind of normal the way the Romans did that. They knew they were in charge, and they were quite powerful, but they would set up kings and rulers throughout their territories to help manage the land and, most importantly, to collect all the taxes. And so the the Romans heavily taxed the Jewish people. They did that through King Herod. So he had a lot of freedoms. And actually, in his early days of leadership, King Herod was pretty successful and did some good things. But later on, 